Hey everyone, welcome to Mr. Hobbs's Gamerhood. I am your host, Jason Hobbs, and today I have a vast array of guests. It's going to be a special Hobbs and Friends bonus episode where we tell you how to wrap up a campaign by seeing how poorly I did it, and then you can learn from my bad <laughs> mistakes, hopefully. So, um, shoot. Let's see here. What do I got to do? I got to introduce some guests of the week. All right. So it seems to me that I should move this over here. And then I should say, I guess we have a guy who is actually a published D&D type guy, Robert Nemeth. Right? Robert, go ahead. Why don't you say something about yourself and uh, say hey. Hey, everybody. I'm Robert. You might know me more on social media by the the handle of Nolabert, since I'm from New Orleans. Hobbs is, is alluding to the fact that I have a zine published for Five Torches Deep called The Hidden Necropolis. That came out in 2020 for Zine Quest 2. Awesome. All right. Next up is uh, the man who has a podcast and a YouTube channel called Live from Pelham's Wasteland, Arlen. Hi, I'm Arlen. As... Hobbs said, I have a podcast and a YouTube channel called Live from Pelham's Wasteland. And you can check them out if you're interested. His better uh, thing is probably a literary live show called The Libram Society. But I don't know if that's better. Uh, the Libram Society only has like seven episodes to listen to. So that's yeah, all right. It'll have more, <laughs> I think. All right. Next up is I don't have any way to do a big introduction for you. So it's Zach. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is Zach, and no big introduction because I'm not on any social media. I have no podcast, no YouTuber, which I think I mostly just know Hobbs from talking at GaryCon. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, actual in-person interactions back in the day. Mm, that sounds terrible. All right, a guy who I've been gaming with online for a decade, maybe, on and off. I don't know. Elliot. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's been a while. Been on and off on different games. So yeah, it's been it's been fun. You don't know me from anywhere else besides occasionally when I'm on here. That's right. On the random games I've been. So you and Arlen are the only two that I have never met in person. And hopefully this year, maybe I'll get to meet Arlen in person if I can cast from North Texas and get him to come one day to for lunch or something, then I'll get to meet him in person. You don't care about Elliot. No, just kidding, man. Oh, thanks. Just kidding. We talked about it one time at, there was some convention a long time ago where we were going to try to get everybody from whatever game that was that we were playing at the time, but it didn't work out. I think it was like dragon con or something. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what about, I think I'll just go down the line quick. And so people, they know briefly about you, but just a couple more things. Like, why don't we, if you want to say like what you're doing, like the last games you played or something like that. So people know that you actually play games and you don't just talk on the internet about it. So Zach, you got any games you've been playing or is it just that? For about seven months now, my in-person game, which I am actually lucky enough to have a group that I, I work with that we, we get together to play uh, every week or bi-weekly when we game. Uh, we've been going through the classic Masks of Nyarlath attack campaign for Call of Duty. Uh, I'd say after seven months, we're about halfway through that. They're kind of coming to a head. They're figuring things out. So enjoying that. 
I also do have a group that I, I run games uh, for online quite a bit. We've done a lot of Hyperborea, a couple of OSC games, and I'm actually getting ready to start up another OSC game with those, those guys. I, I think it's been a couple of months at least since I've played with them. So, yeah, I'll be starting up the next campaign. So I have to tell you that I'm really intimidated by that Call of Cthulhu campaign. Not because I'm afraid of... Uh, Call of Cthulhu or a long-term campaign, it's because I can't pronounce a Nihilathrotep. <laughs> so, I see. What about you, Elliot? Well, I, as far as quote-unquote credentials, I would No, just not credentials, just what have you been design. gaming? What have you been oh, playing? Oh, oh, well, I run a game for that we've been playing for, uh, oh, let's see, five years now um, with a group that I went to college with, and then I've been running that pretty consistently. It's just, well, for, for a little while, we did Dark Sun using 5e, which was interesting, and then now we're playing Dungeons of the Mad Mage. For a while, we did Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, old old stuff, the Enemy Within campaign for a bit. So yeah, been running games pretty consistently through that stuff, and then playing here. I'm also playing in a superheroes game, which has been pretty fun. All right, so Arlen. Yeah, I was just I was going through my Roll Twenty games list to see what I've been playing recently because I play a whole bunch of different stuff. But I I think the biggest one that I've done recently is I ran um, One Ring Second Edition for a while. Started we started a couple weeks after the Alpha PDF came out, and then played through fairly recently, maybe like the end of November of 2021 and got to the point where we got the the final pdfs of second edition to play with so that was a kind of a fun development in the campaign everybody going over you know changes to the pdf and trying to figure out what we needed to use and what we couldn't but also i played a lot of i played a number of old school games even though i didn't play any back in the day played a fair bit of ADD second edition and uh, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea in its second edition, which obviously is now just Hyperborea now that it's in its third edition, and some OSE and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Is that is that what you wanted, Hobbs, or anything else? Way too much. Way too much. Kind of figured. No, I'm just kidding. You did fine. Okay. All right. Perfect. My favorite, one of my favorite games that I'm super intimidated to run is the Great Pendragon campaign because the Great Pendragon campaign sounds super fun and I love Arthurian literature, hence the Live from Pelham's Wasteland name. But yeah, 80 years of in-game sounds like a lot. So we'll see. Maybe when 6th edition comes out, I'll run. (laughs) (laughs) All right, looks like we got Robert left. I've got two in-person groups, one that running a two-year campaign about now, the doing the Into the Borderlands, original adventures reincarnated from Goodman Games, added stuff to it too. So that's with 5e. That group, I sometime am a player in campaigns for 5e. And then a subset of that group, I've just started an OSE campaign, but we've just done Session Zero, and then since then it's been stuff getting in the way, some some COVID stuff and some other stuff. Is that uh, homebrew or? The OSE one's going to be homebrew, but I'm going to drop in like incandescent grottos in there and stuff like that too. In the excavation of the Tomb of Lorna Nain, are you going to drop that in? I hadn't planned on that, but now that you say it, maybe I should. Yeah, that's bullshit. All right. (laughs) I have it. You know, I have it. I got it from you at at Game Hole. And then, you know, I'm on an an on again, off again, swords and wizardry campaign, but it's mostly been off. off, So not a campaign, but a one shot. 
<laughs> a long one shot that's been long, like six sessions or something it's, like it's that. It's been a long time, mainly because we haven't been able to play. It started as a play test of Glenn Seals, the sheep, the new sheep thing. What's it called? Do you know? It's hard for me to remember the name. It's out now. It's some kind of weird yeah. sheep thing. But something so, to do with Midderlands? Flying uh, no. sheep. No, it doesn't have to be Midderlands. It's being run. Edwin uh, Nagy is running it from Frog God Games. All right. So, but I think in the next month, I will probably open up the North Marches for that group again. That's going to be my weekly game. So that'll be fun. All right. So that sounds awesome. I'm glad to be hanging out with such affluent and affluent players. So let's get into the, wow. let's get into the actual topic. So we've been playing a campaign. I can't remember. So Robert, you've played every single session so far, or I guess every session, I shouldn't say so far. And it was a low fantasy gaming called the Lost Lake. And I'll say right now to everybody listening, we never got to the Lost Lake. We got close, but we never got to the Lost Lake. But it, the whole concept of the campaign was a lost. Shit, I did some notes somewhere, but now I don't know where they are, like what I wanted to talk about. It was supposed to be a low fantasy gaming campaign. The conceit of the game was all the player characters were involved in a caravan that was attacked and destroyed, and they'd been uh, fleeing for two days. Now, what do you do? You're basically lost in the jungle. And we kind of did. I don't know. I would give it on you know a scale of one to five swords. I'd give it maybe three swords. I don't Does anyone else. And I, the reason I say that, well, maybe I'll go last. Why doesn't someone else go? Elliot, you want to say like what you think of the concept, maybe just like the overall concept of the campaign and how successful it was. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as far as the concept, like the conceit of the game was really interesting. I think whenever we first started out, I will say, I, I guess going from whatever bad to good, uh, I don't know if it actually necessarily felt like it completely followed through on the original conceit totally. As far as it felt like it was, there was a couple of things that it could have done. And I think we ended up kind of floundering slightly between the two where like the first part seemed like it was really interesting of figuring out why was the caravan there and stuff. And we had heard about like the fight or like the, if we being attacked and stuff like that. And that was interesting. And then there was also then just getting out of the jungle and it was kind of like we ended up falling more on the side of just trying to get out because I think because of scheduling stuff too, it started to hit where it was a little bit hard to delve into some of those other things as much as I felt like there could have been. Like I really liked the little like flashbacks and stuff that we did in one session and some of those other little points of like finding the priest and stuff like that. But like, there was a couple of things that didn't necessarily seem that it fit as well in that. And then it became more just like, well, get out. And then there's also Ursa in here. And then like, if that makes sense, like it just, it, it kind of uh, felt like we bounced around a little bit. And I don't think that was entirely because of the conceit of the game. I think that was a lot to do with the fact that two characters died immediately. And then one player dropped out and then we had two new players. And then we had people in and out. And then we had scheduling issues. I mean, like there's a lot of other stuff that I think also delayed the like ability to really jump in and dig into a few of those other, what I thought was really interesting of the, the potential concept. The good part of it though, is it was still interesting. It did feel like, like in a jungle, I liked all of the characters. I liked almost all of the interactions that we had in and of themselves. I just don't know if they necessarily like, Created a campaign, really, 
Yeah, yeah. Felt like a string of one shots or something. Yeah. yeah. So how many swords, buddy? I would give it uh, three. It's probably actually a three out of five. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty apt, actually. All right. What about you, Arlen? All right. On a scale of one sword to five swords, I will give it a sharpened halberd, a morning star, and a scimitar. No, he gives it three. That I think that counts as three, but he just they weren't all the same. <laughs> so so I actually wasn't here for the kind of initial sessions. I joined about halfway through, puts a little bit of a different perspective on the uh, the kind of experience of the campaign, partly because the stuff that I was here for was kind of moving away from the original kind of react to being stranded in the jungle and more into the period of kind of characters starting to kind of take agency or take action that's related to kind of stuff beyond just how do we survive until tomorrow, right? Because it seems like that's part of the the idea of starting a campaign like this is that you have a, a really strong, a, a really strong drive especially at the beginning of the campaign where survival is really difficult, right? That you have the characters and they don't have all their gear and they're, you know, out in the middle of the wilderness. What are they going to do? That adds a lot. I think in my experience that can happen is kind of similar to, similar to what Elliot was saying and similar to what I think happened in this campaign, where I think it can be difficult to smoothly transition from kind of that orientation of of kind of player decision making and player actions into a a more kind of more like a like a sort of traditional sandbox concept where the players are like you know investigating things that they're interested in and following up on leads they're interested in and all that sort of stuff that it, it can be i think really difficult to sort of turn that original momentum from the kind of inciting incident into momentum for the whole campaign, if that makes sense. I think there was some of that. I, I certainly enjoyed what we played. I actually haven't, so I missed the the last session because of health issues, or rather because I fell asleep when my painkillers kicked in to get rid of my headache, but I'm going to call that health issues. Anyway, and I haven't watched the last session back on, on YouTube or Twitch. I've I'm like 30 minutes in because I started at one point and then I haven't gone back and watched the rest of it. Sorry. So I don't know a whole lot about kind of the the kind of final situation that the players got into. I can say that from the session before where I played, it definitely felt like there was sort of a, a reckoning coming, if that makes sense, that we were kind of getting close to the end of a, a storyline. But it also seems like in some ways it wasn't sort of the, the storyline that the campaign started with, if that makes sense. And that's kind of an interesting way to to describe it because there's, you know, right, emergent play is based on kind of not having like a preset storyline. But that on some level, basically what I'm saying is that we, it sounds to me like the campaign started with the idea of, you know, survive in the jungle, you're alone, and then ends at a point of, well, you guys have kind of followed these leads to their natural conclusion and, you're done with that. And those are sort of two different things, if that makes sense. Well, I agree with you. I do think that the, there's two things that are kind of fighting against each other, a sandbox and a lot of different players and trying to do it all in a limited amount of time. 
I don't want to talk yeah. too much about that because I want to see what other people think. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, so I was one of the players that joined, I think, on session three. I think you guys had had two sessions before I was in. And then I cut all the rest of them to the end. So I was glad I was able to uh, make it to all of them. So I missed that initial setup that he talked about, Elliot. And the concept that I walked into was you're just lost in the jungle trying to get out of this. Which, to be honest, is not usually a camping setup that I like. Whether it's like you start in the dungeon or you start in the wilderness. Um, I, I kind of like the more options that you get when you have a home base and you can kind of get more into planning. So I, I think that first session that we had kind of felt like, okay, we're going to walk in a straight path this way for a while and see what happens. And it was the most linear sessions that we had. But then as we, we went, um, there was a lot going on. <laughs> Like I said to you earlier, if we had a few more months to play, we could just keep on chasing after these things and mm-hmm. try to figure out what these different uh, groups in the jungle are, are about and stuff. Uh, as far as an arc, it did feel like the rescue of the priest Bellman became sort of our main, just in the time months that we had, like, all right, that's, that's the thing that we want to do so that we have a victory gang. So, How many swords? Yeah, I give that a solid three, definitely. All right. So well, it, it started off a little bit rougher, but I thought it got it got better. And though that last session, uh, I thought was it was the most enjoyable session that we had. I think. Awesome. Cool. All right, Robert. First off, I think you have a penchant for choosing lost as a descriptor in all of your uh, adventures. <laughs> so that's the first thing I'm, I'm going to mention. Um, which, Wait a second. What else has lost in it? Lost on Agata. That's two. And aren't you looking for a lost library in some other game? They're looking for a library, but it's not called lost. What's what's well, the name you of literally the described it as lost library in whatever one of your other things? Well, that's just the name of that session. <laughs> All right, fair enough. What's the name of your zine? What's the the tomb of excavation of the? Oh, tomb it's of... excavation. I thought it was the lost tomb. No. Okay. So maybe I, I think you should rescind that immediately. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. So for me, I'd, I'd probably say four swords here. I've not played in a campaign that started with that sort of conceit of being lost in the wilderness and then sort of figuring out where to go from there. So that was unique for me. So that probably makes it you know, a, a special experience then in that, in that regard. But I, I mean, I think you put a, a ton of work into you know, all of the things that happen in any of the sessions. So... I, I really appreciate that and to be, a, you know, a player in, in those games. And so that was that was really cool. I agree with Elliot in terms of part of what I think has kind of made uh, this a little rougher had to do with the the who was playing and who dropped out. And then we also played over the holidays. And so the holidays got, I think, in the way there. But Otherwise, I, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. You know, you know, I, I've shown up for every single one. I was surprised that you said, I, I think I think it's over already. <laughs> I thought we're going to go for a little bit more, but but I had I had a good time. I in some ways, I think that you have the benefit of being in every session. So you really totally know from start to beginning how everything kind of went from being wide open and then slowly narrowed into an objective. And I'm not saying that the objective was always the saving of Thelman, the priest at all, because it wasn't at all. It wasn't in any way whatsoever. Um, 
but I think it kind of turned into that. And I wanted them to be mini campaigns because I just didn't want a campaign to go on endlessly. And I've never really f- finished a campaign in a way that, hey, this is the start and this is the finish. And this isn't the end of the campaign. I should say that if any of the players want to get together and I like, I wrap up some things and I want to get back to it, I'm like, hey, I want to do another five or six sessions of something. And it could be you know, where we finished with these guys, or it could be somewhere else because maybe only a couple of you guys want to play and then we can bring those characters back and do something. I do want to say that I I plan on, I have a couple different things like the, the, the skink hole that you guys found. I'm going to run an adventure in at a con of players starting inside that situation. I think it's BS or con. So they'll start, they'll be the captured caravan people that are inside those caverns that I had kind of mentioned to you guys and they'll break out and then they'll have to flee the jungle and whatever happens happens. It's only going to be a four hour session. So it could just be getting out of the skink hole for all I know. I don't know, but I am also going to run it exactly like we ran this in a four hour session too. And I think Elliot or Arlen made a good point and someone else probably would have later, but the whole idea of it just being a total sandbox and you can do whatever you want there. It's always going to be stuff falling away as you narrow towards an objective, especially when we're saying that it's only going to be so many sessions, that's always going to happen. And further in one of my games, there's always tons and tons of shit going on, no matter what, because I never know what you're going to get interested in. And I, and I ADHD with what I like. So I'll add a bunch of stuff and then it's really up to you what you want to do. I would say that this also went into a lot of the same situations that other people have in a sandbox game that there's, you know, there's like, confusing we don't know what we want to do we don't really know the setting that well we haven't really played this game system that often so there's a lot of things that will go into that that make it be an issue um so i think the first thing that i would say if you're going to run a campaign in a mini campaign like this maybe you don't say you're going to finish it in six sessions without helping focus the characters ahead of time. Like not everyone got to be involved in the flashback. So they didn't really know what those were all about. Just Arlen and Robert got to do that. So I think that helped make some focus. So like when I do this in a con game, I'll probably like put, you know, just some notes. Hey, your character was this, you know, this about that. And if they feel like they want to try and chase down Lord Venka and go after whatever he was, then they'll do that. Maybe that'll help. You know, that's a lot of times in a con game, I'm going to focus it more than it just being wide open like it was in this circumstance. Does anybody have any thoughts what they think would have made it a better game or a better mini campaign. Zach, you want to start? Or <laughs> Sorry, I think like every session, like I said, with the sandbox and a lot of stuff going on, it seemed like there was another thing that we could have gone after. Mm-hmm. So You would have done less things? Well, no, any of those things would have been fine. But knowing, mm-hmm. if you knew from the start that we were going to do six sessions or whatever it is, picking one, making it more focused, be more about that. So it's like, okay, we're going to make it about that thing. I, I should have as a GM or the player should have. Either. You know, hey, both it can always come from, uh, you know, somebody in the caravan giving us a little more direction to begin with or just us collectively deciding, okay, here's what we want to accomplish in the next few sessions. Uh, it's okay. a little bit harder probably for the players that early in that we don't know enough. Like, is this thing that we hear about? is that actually going to be a worthy thing to do for the next few sessions? Or maybe that's just a one session. You know, we, we don't know necessarily how to, how to weigh. Yeah. Um, one of the things those, I don't want to do is force, 
is force people any certain direction. But I do know that it would actually could help. So it's something I'm trying to work in more. Uh, Robert, you well, seem like you had something to add or no, it looks like Elliot's like dying to talk. Go for it, buddy. No, no. I mean, well, I was going to say, just touching back on what he was saying is, I mean, I think when you're talking specifically about short campaigns like this was, right, I think it actually does benefit to lessen the scope to be more impactful to hit those points quicker. And I think a lot more of the almost the feeling of GM Railroad can be forgiven, especially at the beginning, to get the conceit rolling and then allow for divergent based on player choices when the idea is specifically with short campaigns, right? Like if it's a long campaign, you want it to be open. I was just reading the Ravenloft game where you start out and technically it, it kills all of the characters in the first like first encounter of the game. Their heads get taken and then this lich is telling them to do things, right? That's obviously an extremely railroad start. If the point is to only play for six sessions and get like a thing, right? Like you kind of almost do want to have something that does hit like quick and hard, which was an interesting start at this one. But I felt then it kind of dropped us into like like what he was saying of there was too many things to go for. And we were going, we only have six sessions. I'm not sure where, like what we can like actually find out in that amount of time because we were just like, okay, you're in that jungle. And we're like, well, okay, is there a mountain? Like we weren't really sure. You know what I mean? And and they, it, we would have think felt like if we had more time, we could have definitely built a lot of those things. As we said, there's tons of stuff like around. And that was, mm -hmm. I think that's where it felt just those first couple of sessions felt a little too aimless. And that could, that's partially on us. I don't think so. I think that's the, that's the, it happens almost all the time in games like this. And I would yeah. say part of it was an experiment to see what yeah. you would do. Like, are the, are they going to try and track the caravan and go back to it now after two days? And you guys talked about doing that, but you were like, Oh, why would we do that? Because all these creatures that have bombarded the cav caravan would kill us, which is always also a possibility. So I don't really think, I don't think there is a right or wrong there. And, but to make a campaign better and more enjoyable in the future, I probably will have a specific goal in mind. It was just something I've always wanted to do. So that's why I did it. Robert? Yeah, I would say the first few sessions seemed like it was focused primarily on like survival. And then we we're looking to sort of get to some sort of safe, safe place. And then once we encountered Irks, it seems like then things had much more of a focus. Hmm. Interesting. Arlen? Yeah, I think I mostly echo what what everyone else has said. That I I think that because Hobbs, you're talking, you were talking about the idea of kind of the the focus gradually being kind of funneled down into mm -hmm. something specific. And I think in a more more kind of traditional sort of free form amount of time campaign, that often you want to kind of have the focus shift down and back up and down and back up, right? So you have sort of like a specific, like a mission that the characters are going on that's more focused and then they kind of get more freedom to explore and then it gradually kind of goes back and forth. I think, I guess what I'll say is I don't know if you have enough time to really kind of give the players, I guess, you know, if the players take three sessions to decide what it is that they want to accomplish over the course of the six sessions, then they only have three more sessions to actually accomplish that. And so I think it would 
it would help to have more of a kind of specific target to work towards from the beginning in some ways that doesn't have to like eliminate kind of the, the other wacky things that might happen in the campaign by any means. But like, if I guess what I'm saying is if the, if it's a succession campaign to survive the jungle and get back to territory that's not full of terrible stuff, it seems on both the, the players and the game master it's important to kind of keep that, goal in mind and you know work towards that and all of that sort of stuff yeah i agree with you and uh, like i say i probably wouldn't necessarily do it exactly like this and i'm going to that's one of my focuses and i'm glad that's one of the reasons i wanted to have this conversation is so when i do run the actual con game i'll have some ideas on how to better do that basically i have more information right on the character sheets for each individual character so they can say hey i really think this is what my character wants to do and then there was, there's going to be a time i'm going to want, want that half hour or so in the beginning when i'm explaining the characters and how the system works and then they'll be like oh hey my character wants to do this well my character wants to do this and then they'll have to decide what they want to do because i do yeah. like that i do like the feeling of that and it to me it maybe brings a uh, I don't know, some relatable kind of idea that each character is an individual when they have the opportunity to individually showcase their character, even if it's just talking about what their character may want to do and then come to a consensus. What I thought maybe we could do is if we could super fast, maybe give a synopsis of the, of the campaign of what happened. And then I would give you the last scene as I saw it and tell you, just like, I think the spectators may want to know, and maybe you guys want to know. I don't know if I told you in this beginning, but a lot of times, definitely for Kalmata and the Emergent Empires, every session that I run is con is not necessarily in the same exact timeline, but it's in the same setting. So like I have, I had the Chronicle of the Cursed Axe that was in the Midlands, and I ran that for 15 I don't even know if it was that maybe 15 sessions or something. Well, that happened in this same Midlands. So they're all in the same one. They're not all separated. The Midlands campaign that I have is also in the same one. So it's all kind of canonical with different campaigns affecting each other possibly, but they're never going to really meet each other. Right. That's the idea anyway, but things that happen could affect other campaigns or like the next story I will tell, maybe we'll go after this if it's your characters or theirs or whatever. So basically the whole idea was the caravan smashed. You guys escaped the caravan. A few guys got together. They got in a fight with these things called skinks that are like lizard men, not as tough as the lizard men that destroyed the caravan, but they were obviously searching for something and it made the characters felt like maybe them or any of the other remnants of the caravan for some reason, uh, which to me was this idea that likely these guys are connected to the other lizard men. There's a connection there between the lizard men different lizard men tribes and really different lizard men species. But following that, you ended up finding maybe the home area of these skinks. And then two guy, two characters died. And then you fled that. And then we group got the other two characters and that's where Irks joined. And that's where Launt decided, you know, Hey, I want to find this Thelman guy. And I think Irks definitely was a GM voice saying, here's something that you guys could go do. And we can finish that. And that would probably be a good way to end the campaign. I didn't expect it to go exactly like I did. You guys followed the path that Irks took. And then that's when you found the tomb of the Sin Eater. And then you basically delved the whole tomb of the Sin Eater nominally in search of this Thelman guy, but possibly some treasure as well. And got out of that 
saved Irks, saved Eddard, one of the brazen shields. There's a lot of NPCs that were kind of peripherally involved in the campaign. And we only saw a few of them and I had a shit ton more. And then after doing that, you still hadn't found Thelman yet, but you happened upon a Urson compound and that's where you found Thelman and another charade and basically snuck into the compound and freed Thelman executed charade and got away that was the surprise of the whole campaign and then you you learned a lot of things from charade about some of the surrounding area according to bartok the the leader of the urson and uh, we had discussed like maybe doing some of those things to finish up the campaign as going by but i knew that was never going to get done in two sessions and i really wanted to have this over with before february started um, because I wanted to start my other game, the, the North March, I really wanted to restart that mini campaign and I, and I wanted to allow Zach to play in his. So, and I had prompt, I mean, I don't know when we started this, but it's had to have been like 12 weeks, right? <laughs> Maybe for something that was only supposed to last six weeks. After breaks and everything. Yeah. 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 Just from breaks and, and holidays. So, so the way I saw, does anyone have anything they want to add? Like Arlen, do you have anything you want to add to that synopsis? No, I think that was a good, that, that certainly fits with what how I would describe the section of the campaign that I was in. Okay, Elliot? No, I think it was all, I mean, yeah, there was pretty much the summary of it. <laughs> I, should, I, I should have said Lot got his hand at vomit acided off. Should I have added that? I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> what yeah. I would say is if anyone wants to know more about the campaign, check it out on YouTube. You can watch every session. Robert, did you have anything that you felt was uh, integral or no? No, I mean, it's still in my head. I tend to think of it as like a two-phase campaign. The first there's p- first part where we're just kind of like looking to get out and survive. And the whole first sort of like encounters we experienced, you know, I didn't make the connection at all that there these skinks might be related to the other lizardmen. But I just basically thought of this as this is a really dangerous place. And we have to kind of sort of watch ourselves and try to get out of here. Um so I think that was the whole first part is we're trying to get out. And then we got some direction when we found Irks because we learned that there were some other leads we could follow that could get us two things that my character, Emery, I think, would be interested in. Treasure, one. I mean, we're, we're, we had a job to do. We lost everything. We're out here. I don't want to lose my life, but I also want to get out of here with, with some loot if I can so that this was worthwhile. And I figured that this was the direction to do so. You know, Thelman and such would, would help us be able to get out of the jungle. So that's the way I saw it as those two, two phases, uh, kind of like wandering, trying to find our way to something that's going to get us out and then finally finding that thing that was going to get us out and then have some, some additional benefits that we get out of it. Right. Zach, anything to add? Yeah, pretty much true with that. Wanted to get out of the jungle and hopefully bring some treasure and, you know, maybe rescue some people along the way. Yeah. Or execute them. No. <laughs> All right. Don't, so, forget, don't, don't forget, I also contributed the albino uh, marmosets that the oh, rumors have that they're, yeah. they're lucky, but apparently they didn't seem to do much for us. Yeah, the notes right here, man. I, I'll, I'll put that in. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm probably going to publish this as a 12 by 12 hex adventure basically and you don't when you buy it you wouldn't obviously not have to do the same caravan busted thing you could still be in the caravan you could do whatever you want when you buy a damn product right but i wanted to say originally i think the key thing was to get out of the jungle and the key thing that you guys had in the very first session was let's get to a high point well actually it was follow the river 
was the first thing. And that led to the encounter with the skinks. And then after that devastation, after the second session, it was like, let's find a high, high ground. And so you headed for the nearest mountain and that's what you continued to do and reached at the end of the last session. And I had written a little thing about, so if I was going to, if we were, if, if we would have said, Hey, let's get our characters out and all that, nothing would have happened because I feel like you guys made it up there. You talked about it. You saw that area that maybe where the, the, I had mentioned like uh, the buttes where they were, where the bat creature was, and maybe where, where there was a crypt was where Bartok, the Urson was concerned about. But then, you know, it's like, Hey, we see the way out and all we have to do is take it. That doesn't mean that there were any adventures that happened on the way out. And maybe we'll play that out at some point. Uh, maybe we won't, maybe that'll just be a montage, but there was the uh, cut scene at the end with uh, w- the one more of the jewels cracking and fading out, which were the ones that were protecting and keeping the Sin Eater in his tomb. And then like maniacal laughter from the Sin Eater. And the one thing I wanted to add is you guys started to move off the mountain and head west to actually free yourselves from the jungle. That's when like a massive energy spike would happen and the whole sky would be alive with a magical energy, which people who've uh, watched anything from the, uh, Chronicle of the Cursed Axe is the serpent men have enacted this massive magical ritual that is going to make the land hot so the serpent men can basically rule again and start a whole new thing, which you guys would have known more if you actually would have found the Lost Lake. So there you go. But that never happened. So the stuff still happens in the background in my games, but it wasn't something that was that you were that interested in. And you don't have to be because I didn't really put enough in there to make you interested in it. And so I realized that if that's what I want you to do, I should add more stuff. But like I say, it was also an exercise and maybe just letting it be. So, so here, go ahead. So here's something of a, I don't know what I'd call this a procedural question or a metagaming question, I guess. So I know for the purposes of sort of organizing things and doing your twi- Twitch stream and, and so forth that you give names to things and that you gave this the name, the lost lake, how much are you concerned that that's going to be like a, oh, that's an important thing that we need to worry about and focus on? The players to care about the, the name? Yeah. I yeah. don't care. Okay. The last campaign was a Chronicle of the Cursed Axe, and they never did anything with the Cursed Axe. Which is just maybe I really named my campaigns bad. I don't know. Uh, when I put this in the in the con, when you're supposed to put a description, I just called it Lost in the Jungle, baby. So <laughs> maybe that's more appropriate. I don't know. All right. So I think that kind of covers that. The next thing I wanted to do is talk a little bit about low fantasy gaming, because I know some of you have played it briefly in the past and I wanted to know what you guys thought of the game system. So we'll do a quick kind of review and you guys can just give a little blurb on what you thought we can do five swords again. So I don't think we've heard from uh, Arlen in a while. Arlen, what's your, you got a review for low fantasy gaming, you know, like a one minute review. I will give low fantasy gaming a, a Flamberge, a Claymore, a, I don't know, a four or so, four and a half, maybe. There's 4. a lot 5. that I really nice. like about low fantasy gaming. Um, there are a couple of things that I would change if I was going to run it from the way it's written in the book. But like, I, I think that most of them are 
fairly minor. For instance, I, I I prefer the way that we did short rests in this campaign versus the way that they're written in the book, where you just get two checks every for each of the three short rests instead of trying to keep track of did I use my three check versus did I use my one check. That makes perfect sense to oh, me. Oh yes. There's a couple other. I feel like the the weapon special effects on a 19 are really cool and flavorful, but I think what I would prefer is to have, like, here's a list of special effects that are available. The player picks what they want to happen when they roll a 19 out of, like, here's all the things that it could be, instead of, like, swords always disarm somebody when you roll a 19, or axes always make them roll permanent wound. But it's really just minor things like that. I think LFG, for me, is a, is a really quality kind of framework for the game. All right. And you've played it a few times. I don't think anybody else has played it more than once for this campaign, basically. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Elliot, what do you think? How many, how many swords, buddy? Yeah, I would give it uh, hmm, uh, probably 4, four to 4.5 as well, actually. I really, really liked it. It was it was my first time playing. I think it's a really cool kind of midpoint between, quote-unquote, more like old-school gaming versus something newer like 5e. I think it has some uh, really interesting ideas of like some really basic ways of f- making you feel kind of with that uh, have like powers and stuff like the newer games tend to do but at the same time not like overbearingly like tons and tons of rules there's a few little rules in there that i think are cool ideas i'm not totally convinced yet that they completely work in practice but but overall i mean it was it was a lot of fun it's definitely one that i'm going to check out more for my home games and stuff and i think it's really really cool Awesome. Robert? Uh, yeah, this was my first time playing it, and I, I enjoyed it. I'd probably give it somewhere between four and five as well. I think the rests were the most confusing thing to me. And then I don't feel like I, as my character, I ever really thought much in terms of the whole exploits, but that's probably me just being new to the whole system. But other than that, I, I mean, I, I like the system. The The setting seems to be fairly sword and sorcery, so I, I like that uh, quite a bit, too. So I, I wish I had it in print, which I, I need to get at some point, because when I read PDFs, they just they don't stick with me. Mm-hmm. They're great to have as references, but trying to like learn from a PDF just doesn't work. I don't blame you. I, I have trouble learning from a book, so I don't know. <laughs> All right. Zach, the oldest school guy here. What did you think about low fantasy gaming? Um, yeah, this first time playing it, you know, I put it you know right in the middle of this three to me. It did do much anything that bothered me some of the the rest stuff i agree everyone seemed to have a little trouble getting that and exploits i think there was only one session that we really used them much that it it was on our minds so that that kind of was just forgotten but it's not something that would would replace any of the games i like from going towards the sorcery i'm going to stick with hyperborea if i just want a basic game i'm going to stick with dx but if you wanted to run it again i'd have no objection playing which is good because I've had you've had objections of other games that you've played with me, so yeah, that's I, good. I, I'm opinionated. I know. So, but, well, uh, no, this did not bother me at the least as a player. It's like it was completely easy to pick it up and go. So that, that's that's a so, perfectly good place to be for games. That like mm-hmm. it might not be the thing that you're going to run, but it's the thing that is fine to play in, and that, that's fine. You had something to add, Robert. Yeah, I was just going to say, in terms of settings, I'm a big fan of the 
the primeval Thule or Thule setting, which I have the version that's written for 5e, which I don't think 5e is a good system for that at all. But I wonder if LFG would be a good system for that that setting. So for those who don't know, the setting is The Midlands, also by uh, Steve Godzicki in Pickpocket Press, which is what actually originally brought me to low fantasy gaming is because every time I kept seeing The Midlands on drive through and popping up, I was like, oh, this really seems in my, it's mostly human centric. It's everything is relatively relatable. I like the ideas, you know. Yeah, I'll then, say that even though I never played LFG before, I actually bought Midlands a long time ago, and I've read run several of his adventure frameworks from that mm-hmm. in Hyperborea. So yeah, he's got a lot of great content, content in yeah. this, whether you go full for the rule set or not. It's well done stuff. Yeah, and I would say for me, low fantasy gaming is right now one of the top two games that I play, right? So I play OSE, and I run uh, low fantasy gaming. I've run tons and tons of different games before. But uh, I really like the narrative elements. Low fantasy gaming nudges you towards. It doesn't really force it down your throat, but it nudges you kind of like DCC also nudges you towards narratively talking in your uh, combats because of the mighty deeds, which is done by the exploits. It's way more survivable. So it gives, because I like to throw whatever at people. And so if you're not going to have balanced encounters, If you don't want them having new characters a lot, then this game gives you that opportunity with the rescue exploits, party retreats. So it does all the same things that a lot of old school games do, but instead of you making it up as you go and then forgetting what the rules are, like I always tend to do in my OSE, it actually has codified methods, very simple through the exploits, and those are really cool. And then it also has nice random encounter tables that within them, it doesn't only have like hazards and random encounters, it also includes narrative uh, currency for the players to gain something. And I also like the advancements per level as opposed to just, boom, you're level two now and you get all this stuff. Well, in this game, you have these opportunities if you use those level advancement rules to slowly gain portions of your character, which I don't know, it's just kind of cool that after one session, hey, I already may have, maybe have more hit points because I got enough fights, I learned it or whatever. And there's different ways to do that. And I think he's already fixed the encounter, the rest thing. I think it's the same way in uh, Low Life 2090, which is his cyberpunk slash Shadowrun retro clone. So anyway, as far as LFG goes, for me, it's five motherfucking swords. All right. I think that will wrap up the podcast. So I'm going to give everyone one opportunity to say whatever they want, and then we'll hit the post show. So I guess at the end, what I normally ask is if you had an epitaph in the old school place or a legacy, what would you want it to be? So I don't know if anyone's really thought about it too much, but I'm going to put someone on the spot. Let's put Zach on the spot. Do you have an epitaph or a legacy in the old school, Zach? You know, I've not thought about that at all. Uh, I guess in you know the interest of being drunk and earlier than anyone, say that I was angry. All right, good, Robert. What about you? You got an epitaph or a legacy that you that you want to to be for the in the old school, or even in the TT the tabletop role-playing game industry. Uh, I'm hoping to put out more zines, so I'm hoping to have that as something that people know me for. That'll be your legacy? Nice. Elliot? Yeah. It was about the, it was, it was about the friends that were made along the way. That was nice. Harlan? <laughs> I would like my epitaph to read, one day he just disappeared so he might still be alive. Okay. 
Nice. So is that a burnout or a fade away? I don't know. All right, everyone. I would like to thank all the patrons of Hobbs and Friends out there. I didn't bring it up for this particular one, uh, but I'll say thank you to Robert Nemeth, Arlen Walker, because both of those guys are patrons and I appreciate it. And then I'd always like to thank TJ Drennan for the music. And if you want to reach me on the Twitters, you can reach me at, at Hobbs Indeed or at OSR and Hobbs. If you'd like to become a patron of Hobbs and Friends, www.patreon.com slash OSRN Hobbs. Meet us up at the Facebook or come come to the Gamerhood and hang out the Discord. All right. You guys have any last words, Zach? Nice. Arlen? Yeah, it was fun. Had a, had a great time playing with everybody. Would definitely play this game or with this crew or whatever combination of whatever again. Perfect. Robert. Yeah. I enjoyed playing with all the players. So that includes the people that dropped out or couldn't get to play. So that was a good time. We might talk about that in the post show. Elliot. Yeah, it was, it was great. Enjoyed it thoroughly and hope to many more game sessions in this or other games. All right, Hobbs goblins stay alive. It's better to burn out than to fade away. It's a beautiful day in the game of hood. A beautiful day for my gamers. Would you be one? Could you be one? It's out of that thunder, but don't despair. This colony's breeding great robbers. Would you be one? Could you be one? If the native mortality rate works for you, for a few bucks a month, you can sign up and have the hogs kill you. So let's make the most of another someday Brew up some coffee and play it my way Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my gamers? Won't you be? Won't you please? Please won't you be my gamers? The views, information, or opinions expressed by those interviewed during the Hobbs and Friends podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Hobbs and Friends and its staff. Hobbs and Friends is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy any of the information contained in the podcast series, available for listening on any platform of delivery. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform its listeners about the tabletop gaming industry. This podcast is available for private non-commercial use only. Advertising which is incorporated into or placed in association with or targeted toward the content of this podcast without the express approval and knowledge of the Hobbs and Friends podcast creator is forbidden. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast. The developers of the Hobbs and Friends podcast site assume no liability for any activities in the connection with this podcast or for the use of this podcast in connection with any other website, computer, or playing device.